Ain't Sammy packing down Green River Valley I knew that if you couldn't then No one would have lost myself Hey there, this is Adam with Mile High Stash The podcast that asks what five albums you would take to a remote Colorado cabin In the event of a zombie apocalypse It's uh, September 11th and I want to honor those who died in the September 11th 2001 attacks and also in the wars that followed um, as well as everyone affected by the Boulder area flooding that started on September 11th 2013. I'll never forget that. That was a a truly biblical experience um, watching our streets here turn into rivers. Um, Today, Courtney Whitehead of Bison Bone is with us. He is my favorite Okie in Colorado, and it was great to sit down and discuss Courtney's five albums, his musical career, the new Bison Bone record, 40 Grit, and even Courtney's childhood nickname, Chicken Gum. Um, Today's episode is brought to you by Savory Cuisines, the best catering company in Colorado, led by the fabulous Bob Sargent. Savory provides world-class food for just about any event imaginable, everything from barbecue to sushi. And Bob and I are currently on a quest to bike the 25 toughest mountain passes in the Boulder area. So he's a great chef and also a great athlete and friend. All right, here's my chat with Courtney from Bison Bone, which is celebrating the release of the new album 40 Grit at the Skylark Lounge in Denver on Friday, October 27th with opening act, The Patty Fiasco. Looking for a professional Boulder, Colorado catering company with an excellent reputation for service and food? Savory Cuisines Catering works to provide the very best catering services in the Boulder and Denver metro areas by consistently delivering superior service, extensive menus, and unforgettable events. They use only the freshest and most flavorful ingredients prepared and served by their experienced and professional staff, led by the one and only Bob Sargent. Your party, wedding, or corporate event will sparkle with Savory's wide array of appetizers, entrees, and desserts. With 20 years in business here in Boulder, with exceptional high-quality service, Savory is the ideal catering company for your next event. Head to SavoryCuisines.com for more info. Courtney Whitehead, how do you... um, how did you come up with the bison bone name? And, and also, is it like the white buffalo where that's you, bison bone is you, or is it a band? It started out with my thought of wanting it to be a band, kind of mm. like um, the drive-by truckers, you know, yeah. that was like, or the band, you mm. know, like those were two of my things. So I I'd never, I always thought I would be, I'd be in a band with multiple songwriters, multiple singers kind of thing. But um, that's hard to do. That's why a lot of people don't do it. Yeah. Uh, so 
Yeah, I, I'm bison bone, but I've been pretty lucky. The guys I have with me now have been with me for rhythm section five years. And yeah. um, the guitar player now has been with me for over a year. So I'm lucky about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the name comes from like an old folk song. And essentially talking about the land run, you know, me being from Oklahoma, that mm. was a pretty big part of our uh, childhood education. Mm. Uh, but one of the lines is, uh, bison bone been bleached out in the sun, mm. talking about, you know, what they're seeing on their travels. And I was like, oh man, that's a, that really hit home. I, and I held on to it for a long time. I was like, when and if I ever have a band, I want that to be the name. And yeah. by the time it came around to having a band, I was like, well, nobody had it which mm. I couldn't believe, especially in the Americana yeah, yeah. alt country roots rock world. Nobody had that name or really a lot close to it, you know? Mm. Um, and so I took it, but now it's a big dog treat. So if you Google it, it's oh, like yeah, yeah, our yeah. band and yeah. all these dog yeah. treat companies. Maybe you can do some commercials, you know? Yeah. Well, it, I should get yeah. sponsored or something or yeah. publishing from something like that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you have bisonbone.com? I do. Yeah. I'm, well, yeah, maybe that could be I, lucrative if they want it. You know? One of these days. <laughs> yeah. I'll just start going on sell that and just start yeah. going under my name and yeah. maybe that'll pay for a new record. Yeah. So you, you're an Okie. Yep. How did you end up in Denver? Um, the, sh- the short story is music. Um, the scene, it was super cheap. I loved it out here. It felt like out west. Being from Oklahoma, there's not a lot of um, close cities nearby. So I really I, you know, got to choose. Mm-hmm. It was going to be Denver or Dallas or Austin or St. Louis you know, something like that. And in that area, Kansas city. Yeah. Um, but I'd came out here, um, for a week and went to a festival in steamboat and loved it. It was gorgeous, super affordable. And in the, you know, 2010s era, the music scene was killer out mm-hmm. here. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And I got there and, get an affordable place to live and, and go hike and find some good musicians out here. And it wasn't Nashville and it wasn't Austin and it wasn't LA and it felt like its own thing. Um, and it's been real good to me. And it sounds like that era in which I remember well, I remember when the Larimer lounge was the only thing in Rhino and, and the metal art downstairs and then a bunch of warehouses and, and that one convenience store, right. You know, and so it sounds like that was also a time where um, you were able to meet a, a lot of people who are now super famous. But back then they were playing the Larimer and the Metal Arc. Yeah, it didn't feel like it felt like community. It felt easy. And um, yeah, we were playing Metal Arc. We played Larimer really early on and, mm-hmm. and me moving here. And yeah, a lot of people that have... Uh, are doing okay now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're around and that yeah. like the luminaires even. Yeah. I mean, uh, even moving into Baker, the first, uh, day I moved here, I went and had lunch at Sputnik and it was me sitting in a bar and one person comes and sits beside me and another person beside him. And that was, uh, Aaron Collins from a Tom Collins mm-hmm. and Nathaniel Rayliff. Yeah. And yeah. we'd played the high dive, I guess right around that time. Mm. And so it was easy conversation. What, yeah. are you, what are you doing? Who are you? What are you doing here? I was like, well, 
so-and-so in this band. We just played the high dive, and I think I'm going to be here for a while. Yeah. So Now Nathaniel is an owner or the owner or co-owner of the Skylark, and you play there a lot. Yeah, it's our home club now. Mm-hmm. Um, our buddy uh, um, books it. Our other buddy um, manages it and is part owner in it, and mm-hmm. Nathaniel's part owner. And mm-hmm. um, it sounds great. It feels good. It's a good deal. Yeah. They treat us well. Um, and that's usually where we're hanging out if we're not playing mm-hmm. anyway. So that's a lot of the bands in my genre are kind of playing there now. Yeah. You know, it feels good. Did you see this recent interview where uh lance armstrong went to the skylark and interviews nate at the skylark i listened to that interview what did you think of that i thought um it's been a while now so it's hard to remember but uh it was entertaining it was surreal to me as a as a cyclist and a cycling fan and then obviously a music fan and someone who knows the Denver music scene, Colorado music scene, that was like all of these things coming together in a surreal way, especially it was just Lance being like, thank you so much. I'm such a big fan and talking about Nathaniel's career. And then um, at one point, like three fourths of the way into their 90 minute conversation, Nathaniel goes, Oh, um, I know that about you. I've seen that movie about you. And that, and Lance goes, you saw the movie about me? And Nathaniel goes, yeah. And Lance kind of pauses and he goes, uh, you probably know I haven't got away with much in my life. And I was just so, I'm really salty about that, about that whole thing. I wish he'd been like, thank you for still sitting down with, <laughs> with me here. That would have been a classy kind of yeah. thing to say. That's, I was know. trying to be diplomatic mm, earlier, but yeah. Yeah, I think you yeah. said everything yeah. I could have said. Mm. And especially somebody from your background, I could see you being like, really into that and then something mm-hmm. like turning you off in some way like yeah. that. Yeah, well, I've done Ride the Rockies three times and they always let Lance ride with us for like a day or two and then speak at night at like a little seminar. And I'm like, what? Why? What? Just say you're not allowed at this stuff. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about Right. It. No, I can appreciate no. that. Anyway, you have two full-length albums and one on the way. Is this correct? Uh, two full links, a couple of EPs, and mm. then one on the way um, that's yeah. getting mastered right now is a, is a five-song yeah, yeah. EP. And the first one is from, like, 2015? First one, first full length um, came out 2017. Okay. That one, out of the gate, is like drive-by truckers. It's almost like... Um, punk i mean the first song is like pretty upbeat and just raging you know and um is it the same woman who's done a lot of background vocals for you no um that was brianna strott Mm -hmm. she did that one with us and the ep and then the following um full length uh So she did that. Um, Jess Parsons sang on the last EP, and then Haley Helmrichs, um, mm-hmm. who's the drummer in Blue Book now, is, is the does uh, backup um, for two of the songs on this one, and then the, the guys do backup on a couple other ones. But the female backup, yeah. she's doing on this one. So tell me about your uh, musical journey. Like, um, you know, you were born and raised, sounds like, 
around where Garth Brooks was a big deal. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's all I like. um, We listened to classic rock, Southern rock, um, and classic country. Mm. And what was on the radio. So Alan Jackson and Garth Brooks and that type of stuff. And you were talking about that first record being kind of more of a punk ethos. And it definitely was Mm -hmm. one because of just lack of experience, you know? Yeah. Same reason a lot of people do that. But also, correct me if I'm wrong, everybody rebels. Right. So if you grew up in, in a town like Pittsburgh, maybe, where I'm from, and there was punk rock everywhere, maybe you would have been like, I'm going to make a country thing. I'm going to... Yeah, well, all I knew, I grew up in a town of 6,500 people, so mm-hmm. all I knew it was on mainstream radio. So it wasn't yeah. until I got to college that I realized, like, oh, there's so many levels mm. In between, you don't. It's not nothing. Or Garth Brooks, you can. Right, right. There's a lot of ways of doing this, and and mm. and having reasons to do it for a long time. Yeah, and yeah. one of them, you know, there's plenty more than just being a gazillionaire and playing stadiums. Yeah, yeah. And did you grow up in a musical family? No, um, not at all. Mm. Um, that more so just came from me. I don't know. I was always a kid, like a lot of our peers that read the liner notes, you know, mm-hmm. I'd have, when I was a kid, have buddies come over and we'd be trading baseball cards, but always listening to a full record and, you know, listen to this new thing or whatever. So that sports and music was always kind of intertwined, but no, very, my family is very sports oriented. Um, in that way, but not, and listen to music and like music. There was always music on in the yeah. garage or yeah. in the car, but none of them, none of them played. Um, and I was always into sports, so I didn't start playing till you know, as a teenager, yeah, um, yeah. later in my teenage years. You played football and baseball? And basketball. Yeah. I was told that maybe you had a nickname when you were growing up, when you were playing sports. Um, there's a few, uh, there's definitely a few, but I'm assuming the one you're talking about is a big one. My buddies still will mention because my parents come up here and mm-hmm. spread all these small town yeah. <laughs> stories of me growing up, but, uh, chicken gum, chicken gum, chicken gum. Wow. Yeah. We're, That's just, you know, baseball superstitious. So mm-hmm. any championship game, um, my any big game, my mom would always make fried chicken before the game. Um, which to somebody they're like, Well, you probably should be eating something healthier before a game, right? No, nah, you're gonna but, burn all those calories. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so it would that and um I'd always chew gum during the game. People would do seeds or whatever and, yeah. but I'd always you know, I'd play third base, the hot corner and yeah. always chewing gum. And so uh there was a there was a game a big game where I was playing really well and mm. uh, my coach was just came up he's he's chewing that chicken gum today yeah. <laughs> he's got them both going <laughs> and it kind of stuck it kind of stuck so i'm surprised you didn't go with that instead of bison bone for a band name i mean chicken gum <laughs> those uh, kind of kept the trying to at the when i first started uh separation of church and state with sports and yeah, music, yeah yeah you know? yeah <laughs> all right so we might as well dive in with like two of your um vinyl albums that you would bring to a remote colorado cabin in the event of a zombie apocalypse 
this was way harder than I expected yeah. it to be. And it was a lot of fun um, to think about and, and uh, try to navigate what direction I'm going to go in this thing and what rules and limitations I wanted to put in myself is, Oh, are these ones I actually have or anything? And do I want it to reflect all the different musical styles I have? Mm. Um, but I was like, I'm just going to go with like kind of the biggest influence. Um, so JJ Kale, mm. grasshopper being one of them, me being an Oki. And so that record, um, yeah. I really like. He's from Oklahoma? Yeah, Tulsa. I that. Yeah, yeah. He's got a record called Oki. Wow. Yeah. Um, and multiple songs that reference Tulsa, if you're ever, yeah. in, or like if you're ever in Oklahoma. Most people know him, you know, for cocaine and they call me the breeze. Sure. You know, and then nothing else. Like they don't actually dive into his yeah solo stuff i mean he he's got some pretty big records just on his own um but yeah that uh don't get me in a conversation about him and and eric clapton yeah yeah, yeah. i'm going on a tangent jj <laughs> kale's always going to be my guy so. well i don't think jj kale's ever had uh you know a, a racist uh, white nationalist rant on stage so. no that <laughs> no so he that's an easy one he comes out on top. <laughs> yeah that's an yeah. easy one yeah. for sure um, and then you said that the second one yeah. we talked about earlier, um, drive by truckers decoration day. Yeah. 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 That one just, um, you, like you're talking about just people that were coming up that were, had pedal still in their band, but mm. also talking about class and politics yeah. in this way that I wrote as a, when I was in college, it was really like a big part of my education you know, the South mm. and the duality of the South and a band like that, it was like, blew my mind. It's decoration day And I knew the hill boys would put them away But my daddy wasn't afraid He said we'd fight till the last loss and last living day We forget sometimes in, in our very divisive society right now that there are intellectual, liberal Southerners with Southern accents, <laughs> you know what I mean? And Jason Isbell, I mean, that uh, the title track is, is yep. one of his best songs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that guy is... Uh... You don't want to get in a word fight with him. Yeah, and yeah. He's gonna win every time. Yeah, he's yeah. super talented, super funny, and perfect example of everything you just said. And I'm not, you know, Oklahoma. What is it? It's not really the South. It's not really mm. West or Southwest. It's kind of Midwest ethos. But, right, right. Um, a lot of Southern ethos in there. But yeah, I really relate to that. I coming from a small town in that part of the country um, where I grew up doing labor type work. My dad still does, mm. but so I can really appreciate like the dualities of, of all of that, of being um, kind and aware and mm. progressive in these ways, but still having um, that kind of hard work ethos. Yeah. Well, that song, 
Decoration Day, Jason Isbell, I think, got in a lot of trouble with his family for writing because he wrote it from the perspective of the f- family that they had a rivalry with. Right. And it's an amazing song. Um, have you sung anything that, that like, rankled your, your family? I know. I think they're um, pretty aware, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, of my thoughts on it all. And mm. um, I was one of the first ones in my family to graduate college. So just mm. that right there, they're, they go two ways of, well, he thinks he's better than yeah. us or he's been around. And I think they appreciate that mm. I've been around and have experiences. And I think they, they really like that. And are Were they mad that you that just way. left Oklahoma? Um, no, I don't think mad. I think, uh, obviously like going to miss out on a big part of my life, but mm-hmm. I think that they wish that that was something they had the opportunities to do or the perseverance to maybe do it or be mm-hmm. uncomfortable and make some of those decisions. Um, yeah. but they had us as young kids. So I don't think that was, you know, they were, they were 23 when they had me, Yeah, yeah. you know, so I don't think that a lot of thought or options went into that. They're like, we're here, our family's here, and mm. it's kind of what you do in the, the 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm the only one in my family who's ever lived outside of Pittsburgh. And just the fact that I left was like, who do you, not only like, who do you think you are, but like, I remember when I told my mother that I was leaving for San Francisco where I'd never been before. She, she, first thing she said was, are you in a cult? Like, you just can't like wrap your head around. <laughs> right. Why would you leave this place? Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, the fact that we're so lucky to live in a city that we do. And you and I mm-hmm. probably have, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of people we could call mm-hmm. right now if we needed something or wanted to have a beer with somebody or yeah. whatever. And I think there's pros and cons to live in, you know, in, in cities and more mm. rural areas, but... Well, you live in the, not only the city, but the neighborhood. Like, if I could choose anywhere in the state of Colorado to live, it would be Baker. Yeah, it was pretty touch and go. For a little bit, I didn't think I was going to be able to stay there. Yeah. Um, uh, was moving out of my apartment in, in 2022 and wanted to stay in that neighborhood, but prices have gone up so much, like, mm. in any cool area, in any cool city... And it was really competitive, and I, and that's just talking about the rental market. You know, yeah, not even yeah. buying anything, but got lucky and loved the place I'm at and love the neighborhood I'm at. But yeah, it's it's great there. There our music community and scene has definitely changed a lot, but mm-hmm. that one there is trying to hold on. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, I want to be there for it. Yeah. Tell me about this new record and your kind of evolution you know from that drive-by truckers messy dirty sound to um this new 40 grit yeah 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 um it's kind of more produced and warm that's part of the i feel like the more you learn the more tools you have to use in this creative space Mm it kind of tends to go that way, doesn't it? A little mm. more produced, maybe a little more warm. I wanted, everything was done with a lot more intent on this. Mm. And I wanted it to be, I wrote these songs so I could play them solo. 
mm. you know, at a venue or with the full band, and I want them kind of produced that way. But I also wanted it to be more about the songs and less guitar hooks. Mm. And I wanted the the melodies to be the hooks and the song itself. And I didn't want a lot of solos and uh, with that. So yeah. I just wanted it to be very dynamic, you know, um, and a lot of textures mm. and, and a lot more um, picturesque, I guess, and felt like feel like you're seeing a lot more of it and some of the older stuff was just more like in your face in your face yeah <laughs> that's a very good way of putting yeah. it yeah, yeah. it's sure. also the new stuff is more sentimental and um romantic in like a sly way so you've come from i got something for you and it's not my 22 to like let's have a date night. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? so funny. That's very well said. Um, no. And I agree a hundred percent. And that was the intent. And that's maybe more where I am too, as mm. a, as a human, I'm less maybe yeah. angry or maybe angry about other things, yeah. but more yeah. trying to write in my songs from a place of uh, appreciation and gratitude in those ways. Mm. Um, and, and less like, um, yeah, going after somebody or a certain mm -hmm. idea. Um, yeah, and it's also the first time, I think that stuff, I felt like I wasn't as, um, those songs that you kind of do when you're not maybe a, a great singer or a great guitar player, mm -hmm. it is a little more in your face, but the better you get at, at being a performer and a, mm -hmm. a songwriter and a, a singer and a guitar player, it's like it allows you to go in these maybe avenues you weren't, Mm -hmm. able to execute earlier on yeah well talk about your voice a little because i feel like your voice is this singular thing that is bison bone or chicken gum you know whatever you want to call sure it. but it, like throughout the evolution of your sound there's still your voice no matter what you're doing it like this is courtney yeah i think if i can keep that but also progress in a way that it gets better and hopefully um, a lot better with mm -hmm. time that way it has opportunity to engage with people and connect yeah. people within a, in a different way. Yeah. Um, so it's not right. So in your face, right. But yeah, it's still my, it's still me telling the stories. Yeah, right? exactly. And, um, people can relate to that, but then it, um, maybe it allows people to be able to want to listen to it more often. Yeah. You know? Well, as it's, it's ironic that you say it's always me telling the story, um, you know, because you have this song that sounds like it's from the perspective of like a 60 year old man. And I'm really interested in that song. Yeah. That kind of ties into a lot of the things we're talking about. That's essentially a story about my old man. Yeah. Like that's his life. That's mm. him, him narrating the story. Yeah. And it was a way, even with the title of it, um, Blue Collar Hard, a way of me, I don't, I don't work in the labor force anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I, the only thing I use my hands with the cook and garden and play guitar, right? Yeah. Um, but he, he does body repair mm -hmm. and, you know, he's in his 60s and he knows that world. Mm -hmm. And it was my way of really portraying like we were saying earlier, like these are people that are human beings and aware, and maybe they don't make the same decisions I do, but yeah. they're not all, it's not the way um, they may be portrayed and um, 
society now and in yeah, the media. Yeah. And it's definitely, there's plenty that I don't agree with, but that was also my way of like relating and getting in the mindset of that. And also showing that with the character with a little bit of awareness. Yeah, exactly. And also it was also my way of going, um, kind of taking a, one thing I'm still fairly angry or jaded about is like these pop country or Nashville songwriters where there's like four or five in a room and they, none of them have lived in a small town. They don't live in a small town. They don't have that experience, but they think that's what the, the hot thing is right now. And I was, well, I'll show you how to write a song about yeah. being from a small town. Cause I know it. And, mm. and maybe, you know, that's never going to, make me a gold record, but it was also cathartic for me, yeah. which is the main reason why we do what we do, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, give me your third and fourth albums, if you will. And I wanted to ask, do you think any of these five albums would be on your dad's list if he had five? Um, I don't think so. No. I don't think so, yeah. Would he like any of them? He would like <laughs> the J.J. Kell one for yeah, sure. Yeah. The Towns, there's a Towns one. I guess I'll just, yeah. that can be next. You Which know? one? Uh, the Towns record. Towns, yeah. Towns, Van Zandt. Yeah, um, that one. It, it kind of goes back to what you were talking about. He has a lot of dark songs, but there's so many sweet songs mm -hmm. on that record. Columbine, I'll Be Here in the Morning, where it's just very uh, about him and his partner and their life mm -hmm. together. And uh, yeah, there's... I feel like so many people can relate to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's not as dark as some of his other ones, mm. you know, even though I think waiting around to die on that one yeah. as well. But that's one of my favorite, just direct, um, blatant drug references and a song ever. His name is Codeine and he's the nicest thing I've ever seen. It's like anybody who listens to that, it's like, Oh, that's sweet. You know, is, <laughs> It's kind of like Warren Zevon's uh, Carmelita. You yeah. Know? Oh, that's a yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah. love both of those songs yeah. For, yeah. for lots of reasons. Oh, but now I'm out of prison. I got me a friend at last. He don't drink or steal or cheat or lie. Oh, his name's Codeine. He's the nicest thing I've seen. Well, together we're gonna wait around and die. Yeah, together we're gonna but this one, this next one, is definitely not one he's probably <laughs> even heard or listened to. But if he did, I think he would like it. Um, but uh, Yola, Walk walk Through Fire. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is very recent. Yeah, very. probably yeah. the only one that's recent on the record. But I want to, like, that is a very alt-country record to me. There's a lot of fiddle and a lot of pedal steel guitar and a lot of mm. the guitar style and tone is very alt-country with this great And she's pop English? Singer. British, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just a great singer, but then I hope she makes another one like that. Yeah. Her last one wasn't quite like that. Still good in its own right, but that record was like, you know, very um, alt-country, but with a like pop ethos too yeah. which is like very fun for me standing on the side of the river staring across the great divide i'd give all my gold and silver just to get 
So we are members of a secret group called the Zeus. Zeus's? I don't know. What's the plural of Zeus? I didn't think we were supposed to talk about it. (laughs) What happens at Zeus? And um, the way that this popped up was that our partners were, were already friends and they had their goddess nights and we were like well if you're gonna do that you know we gotta have zeus night so because us guys we gotta have everything yeah gotta have everything. <laughs> yeah so um your lovely girlfriend uh, taylor um she says you know i asked her is there anything to add is there any like insider information and insider questions i should ask court and um one of the things that she said was he's an expert at alt country trivia you know so i'm gonna put you on the spot (laughs) (laughs) yeah um well i guess it depends on yeah how literal we're being with this oh yeah this is like oh yeah that's a good that's a good point too like what's alt country um so what kind of cigarettes does tyler childers smoke on the roof and feathered Indians. Oh man, that is a great <laughs> question. That is a great question. It just popped into my head. I was like, "This is." Oh, if yeah. you gave me a second, I could probably rewind. Um, maybe <laughs> an hourglass. Maybe we keep talking; it'll pop <laughs> in my head. Yeah. All right. Um, I feel like it's right there on the tip of my tongue. It's funny you bring him up. We just had a. Um, my dad and I were just talking about him and about, you know. Um, his fan base and how mm-hmm. he's obviously a very progressive guy. Look at this recent video about um, a um, same-sex relationship, which is right, essentially inspired by his cousin. Beautiful bit mm-hmm. video, beautiful yeah. song. Yeah. Um, but I know people in certain parts of the country are probably, you know, canceling him like the chicks. And uh, they're know. probably pouring out their Bud Lights and right. <laughs> burning their Tyler Childers album. Yeah. And they're in their head, which I think is funny the same way about Jason Isbell. They're like, they think these guys just wake up someday and start being like this. He wasn't like this before. Like he turned on us or whatever. And it's like, you weren't listening. You weren't listening to the songs. Yeah. It's not like you're friends with this person or sitting down in a room. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you were, you would you would have known. But also, again, if you would have maybe paid attention to the lyrics, you yeah. would have seen some of that. You yeah. know, especially yeah. in, with, in Isabel's case, for sure, you would have. Yeah. Um, You're but, just skirting this trivia question. That's all that's happening right now. You're just stalling. I'll say I don't know <laughs> for now, but I think it might pop, I, might, into, might pop into my head. But that's right. no, I love that question. Yeah. He's no, yeah. he's great. Yeah. Have you thought of selling selling your songs, like trying to write songs? For other people and saying, hey, this might be good for you. I would love to because I, I really love that process, the writing process. Yeah. And I almost um, don't always have the budget to turn out records or re- mm-hmm. recordings as fast as I, I, I write them. Yeah. Um, I think more of that will start happening with yeah. this record. I, I hope this EP where I can start, you know, yeah. diving into my publishing a little more and hopefully writing, having opportunities to write songs for mm. other people. That would be great. I think, I think these songs on the EP would, if any would, th- these probably any of the, the five on here would oh, yeah. well for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's showing up on the recording, but there are Hawks that since I've been living here and working upstairs, 
they just circle. They're hunting in the park. I heard them, but it was kind of nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty comforting. Yeah. And and I just, I see them all day. And yesterday was the first time that one of them just sat down right outside my window. It was just right there. What's he, what's he on? What's he on? Yeah, what's he, what's he getting? <laughs> he's on, he's found something. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like maybe he found a good place to hunt. Right, yeah. From. It was nice, though. He, he just knows there's there. plenty of things coming yeah. by that, that area. Yeah. He's, well, there's also, you can look directly into these baseball fields. So maybe he was just watching some baseball. Thinking I mean, about that nothing too. wrong with that. Yeah. He's like, maybe get some food and yeah. <laughs> watch some yeah. baseball. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about the recording process for this new record and also what are your plans with it? When does it come out? And The uh, first single, I don't know when this will be, you'll put this out, but the first single will be out um, the end of August. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So either um, the latest will be September 1st, that Friday, but um, mm-hmm. anytime within the next three weeks. So It's yeah. got like seven songs on it? Five. Five, okay. Yep. Um, and then the the full record will be out, or the full EP will be out um, October twentieth. I think it's the date. So yeah. uh, album release show at Skylark October twenty yeah. seventh. That's already booked. Yeah. Um, so any anytime either the twentieth or the twenty seventh, the EP will come out. But I yeah. kind of I want it to come out the twentieth so people have a week with it before the show. I've always kind of mm-hmm. lined them up the day of, which is nice because you get that one full day of celebration yeah, for yeah. it. But then. After that, it's like, okay. So I figure if I release it a week before, that's a nice celebration. People have a week. We have a week to kind mm-hmm. of have it with time with press and stuff. And then the actual album release show. And what's the name of the record? 40 Grit. Forty. Oh, this was one of my questions. What is 40 Grit? It's sandpaper. Oh. So 40 Grit is one of the toughest sandpapers there are. And so it goes back to the blue collar hard song, mm-hmm. but there's also a line um, in the last song on the EP called "It's All the Same," mm-hmm. and it references um, "Can we fix it with 40 grit?" Mm-hmm. And essentially, can we fix it with a shit ton of hard work? Yeah. Um, or do we just give up? You yeah. know. Um, and so I thought that was a nice kind of overarching theme. Mm-hmm. for the record um but yeah it's just rough sandpaper mm-hmm. yeah i i learned from my dad when i i sanded my first truck it's like paid he bought it i paid him for it with uh pretty much sweat equity yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like you know you can have it if you put enough hours working on it to add up to you know what it cost me and so we sanded it together and painted it together. And yeah. it was an 84 Ford Ranger. Wow. So I learned some of that stuff. I, you know, I was changing oil and changing tires and, um, you know, some labor on cars, um, uh, before I was 16, but not much after that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely not much. I, I could know a lot more about cars if I wanted to, but there's, you know, that's too busy playing guitar and reading books and playing sports and you can only do so much. Mm. And you have the same rhythm section on this record as the the past two. Yep. Wow. Yep. You guys are just locked in together. Feels good. I Mm. think they, I noticed this time recording with them that they have made me a better musician, a better guitar player. Cause 
you know, when you're young and you go and record and you're playing with a click and mm -hmm. it's easy to get off or easy to get distracted, yeah. you know, obviously, um, you're one of the best at it. No, I'm one of the, I'm, I'm a tear. People are constantly contacting me saying, I love your drumming. I've seen you play gas pops and clay and all this stuff. And I want you to play on my album. I'm like, I'm the worst studio drummer. You could imagine it. Well, I you guess you don't I, want me on your, yeah, I guess yeah. I haven't played with you when I watch you. It feels yeah. like you do it, but I guess you're so good. You're just going with the tempo, you know, like the, there's plenty of songs like the Rolling Stones do where they start at, you know, right, right. That's and then true. it builds up and mm -hmm. it wouldn't be the same um, if they tried to stay at that same I'm terrible BBL. with the click because I'm not feeling it. I just have this pressure to go with the click instead of my in, um, internal time or following Clay, you know, because his time's not perfect. And we're <laughs> right. just like flowing. And then you sit down in the studio and say, okay, play along to this click. And I'm like, I'm super ADD and all of this. Is, so if you're listening, you don't want me to play on your album. You do. Noted. <laughs> my drummer is really good on the click which has made me a yeah. better guitar player and a better better rhythm musician yeah and, um i would get nervous about going in the studio mm -hmm. and playing guitars when it's like if it's full band you're fine but when it's just you and the click mm -hmm. and it's like oh man or yeah. you speed up and throw them off a little bit or we right. gotta start over type of thing um but this time around, it was not like that. Hmm. I could tell it was a, a big difference in yeah. my level just by playing with them. And it, I'll notice, like, even if I don't get off, I'll notice, like, oh, I'm slightly pushing or pulling uh -huh. and then settle back down, you know, take a breath. And, like, yeah. like these adjustments you can make in there without it, it really changing anything. I don't know. I also think, like, it's nice to record without a click because... Mm -hmm. you can go in these ways that the song's yeah. taking you. And I know those producers that definitely believe in not recording with a click, but I think for my budget mm -hmm. and how much we're trying to do in a short amount of time, if you can and, nail it with a click, then do it. Yeah. Right, Cause yeah. You, that way you can go overdub and do mm -hmm. that stuff. Right. And, you know? Right. So I think it just, it makes sense for us. If we had a week or two weeks, mm -hmm. then maybe we wouldn't use it or depending on who we're working with. So I'm, I'm, but I definitely know it's made a better musician. My guitar player, Eric Tate, has a studio um, at In the ed edge of Denver and Arvada. Okay. And it's called Slash O. And um, before COVID, they would uh, host a lot of shows there. It's kind of like it, this way of um, Leave on Helm's Place, where it's mm. like this barn type thing you know mm -hmm. where you can record and play shows at and rehearse oh, and do all of that it's it's great so he um he played guitar on it and engineered it and you know produced it and mm. it's his spot so uh, that was my first time making a record with somebody that's actually in the band and not having an outside yeah producer on yeah, it yeah. which was really interesting but i think probably made us a better band he sounds like the mvp he is, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he sings a little on a play slide, and mm -hmm. um, when I was doing all the vocal takes, it's just him and I, and he's managing a lot of stuff. There'd be even sometimes he's like, "Do you want to do this? Mm -hmm. You want to come over and do this part?" And uh, I'm like, "Sounds like you got it. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds yeah, like you yeah, can yeah. Do it. yeah. <laughs> you know." So the album release party show at Skylark is uh, October twenty seventh. Is this a what day of the week is Friday. it? Friday. Friday, night. October 27th. Yeah. I'll be there. 
and I hope that everyone listening will be there. I hope so, too. Yeah. I can't wait to see everybody there. I can't wait for yeah. everybody to hear it. But we still need your fifth and final album. Yeah, this one is the uh, same kind of alt-country type uh, Midwest heartland rock, um, but Songs Ohio, the Magnolia oh. Electric Company record. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was... These were really hard. There's like a lot of that type of thing where it's like Uncle Tupelo or Sun Vault mm-hmm. or whatever, but these guys were just different enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I really, there's a lot of good ones on that, that that are dark and sad, but also will make you laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a funny, it's a, it's a cool record. The whole place is dark. Every light on this side of the town Suddenly it all went John Prine used to say a, that a song should make you laugh and cry and think. Those three things. For sure, and I agree. And um, there's definitely plenty of John Prine records I would have seen, but it feels like when I saw the list a while back, there was about almost every person <laughs> was picking a John That's Prine true. record. Well, the other person <laughs> so who picked... Do it. Songs Ohio was uh, Stealth from the Lumineers also picked, but was it a different record? It was a different record. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a different record. This was this record that I picked was like the transition of him going from Songs Ohio to Magnolia Electric Company. Where yeah. They got the name from that record. Um, but yeah, that one surprised me. I was like, when I heard that, I was, I was like, oh, yeah. I thought, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of those things you're like, I thought I was the only right, one right, in exactly. the whole yeah. world that listened to this yeah. band. So I'm going to lead you into this trivia answer with my really oh yeah i'm curious shitty singing okay you know looking over west virginia smoking <laughs> i don't know it you got spirits uh, yes american <laughs> spirits Smoke, yes spoken spirits on the roof yeah yep. Yep. yeah yep. oh man yeah that guy is uh yeah. he's cha- his music and his shows have changed a lot you've seen him re- recently i think wrote about it recently but it's been a the first set was him and the food stamps and it which was a just a killer you know, band they're so fun just amazing country slash alt country slash bluegrass and then he walked up the steps at red rocks into the, uh, maybe the 12th row like near the soundboard and and just had a microphone and a guitar and sang like four songs in the middle of the crowd went backstage and there was like a 15 minute intermission or something came out in a suit and the food stamps are all in suits and then they brought out like a 15 piece like auxiliary band with all this different stuff and did a gospel set and then that was the week or even the day that the Can I Take My Hounds to Heaven album came out and they played the whole record. It was it was just spectacular. I love that song. Um, and that definitely reminds me of my old man because he, yeah. he was showed Beagles when we were growing up. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, take them to field trials kind of thing. So, like, Take My Hounds to Heaven. I've always, that's yeah. always been... I, I like that song. Um, there's another one on that record, True in God, mm. that he does really good live. And you're like... That boy can sing. Yeah. He sounds to me, and this might be outlandish, but like um, a, a mixture between Hank Williams and Kurt Cobain. It's like these two things to me. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I can see that, especially like that way. He um, kind of screams. Yeah. And also like he does for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
especially like the way um, Kurt sang on that unplugged mm-hmm. kind of more yeah. like that mm-hmm. almost that way. Yeah. Him, yeah. Yeah. That's a really good, like the, in the pines. Right. Scream. Yeah. Right. And also I could see like, I'm sure because of his age, you know, that he grew up listening to yeah. both of those yeah. people yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that your old man listens to this interview and that maybe you two sit down and listen to, can I take my hounds to heaven? Yeah. Together. Yeah. On a road trip or something. I think I've already sent it to him on YouTube. So yeah. I'm sure he's yeah. all about it, but yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm hoping, uh, I can't wait for my folks to hear the, hear the new record. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. And, um, you know, the next Zeus night's got to be at, at your place. Yeah, we can, uh, we can do a listening party over yeah. there. And, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. I miss those guys. <laughs> Thanks so much, Gordon. Yeah, thank you. I'll give you another hour then I gotta run. I gotta fly away. That was Courtney from Bison Bone, which is celebrating the release of the new album 40 Grit at the Skylark Lounge in Denver on Friday, October 27th, with opening act The Patty Fiasco, um, the very well-known Fort Collins area group. Um, Like I mentioned, Courtney and I are part of this funny uh, Zeus club. Um, We are very familiar um, with some ladies who do goddess nights and you know dress like stevie nicks and and do tarot cards so we zeus's thought we'd get together and uh watch action movies and drink whiskey uh always the whiskey uh it's it's easier than just waiting around to die um we also uh sometimes eat food provided by the amazing savory cuisines uh speaking of the uh generous sponsor of this episode all right uh i will see you right here next monday as usual for another episode of mile high stash so you want to rise above duality you want to transcend day and night yes i'm old-fashioned i just don't show your passion for Ever changing eternal twilight. Go on and give oblivion a shot. Go on and fade to gray. You got to move.